Mark, you do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Well, Merry Christmas. And hopefully everybody's done shopping, and uh, if not, just plead insanity, because you are insane. (laughs) It's going to be a brief night, but a good night. Uh, You know, everyone here and everyone throughout the world, probably if we just boil it down to one word, what we all are looking for. And I think we would all say that there's one thing that we, we would desire, and that is to be free. Freedom comes with a price. And fortunately for believers, uh, the price that was paid for our freedom is what we're celebrating tonight. Oftentimes we, we look at Christmas and we focus on the baby in the manger, and certainly that's, that's important. But if you were to ask yourself the question, what did that really mean to us? And there would be those of you that would say, well, it's a great story. God gave his only child, his only son, and it was a very special night, and in fact, it was. But that night was a very powerful night. And I want, to, I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 3. I'm not going to read the conventional Christmas story, but to me, this is my Christmas story, and there are so many of you in here that this is your Christmas story. It began with this verse for me because had God not loved the world, first off, he would not have sent his son. There's no way any one of us would give up one of our offspring to suffer and die a cruel death, being perfectly innocent at the hands of mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. Now, tonight as we sit here, there's a world that is filled with darkness. And it's not because people are bad. You know, sometimes you, when I was growing up, I remember my mother and she loved God. But she would say, those are bad people. How many of you know back in the day there was no political correctness, baby? I mean, if somebody was an idiot... Your parents just called him an idiot. Don't want you hanging out with that idiot. You know what I'm saying? It was pretty clear cut. They just bad people. Well, I got to tell you something. There's no such thing as bad people. There are, there's such a thing as people who do bad things, but not one person in here is bad. Not one person outside these walls is bad. They may do some bad things, but we have to shift our focus because God, when he looked upon mankind, past, present, and future, He saw good. He saw the good that he had created in every one of us. The challenge is that oftentimes we don't see the good. We're not able to see the good in us. We're not able to see the good in others. And so because of that, we live a life self-defeated, self-condemning, condemning condemning others, because the way you see yourself is how you're going to see other people. The way you treat yourself is the way you're going to treat other people. And God wants us to recognize this incredible love that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And he didn't send him in the world to condemn the world, but to save it. 
goes on to say there is no judgment awaiting those who trust him. But those who do not trust him have already been judged for not believing in the only Son of God. You see, it's not performance. Our whole life is based on trusting God. Trusting the work that he sent his son to do. And that we need to be very, very aware that that's how good God is. That he didn't say, if you'll do the following things, if you'll follow the, the, the set of rules that I've set before you in commandments. I'm telling you, every day, if you just look in the mirror, we're breaking those things. We can't keep ten. And then we used to have 21 rules of the house for my kids. Are you kidding me? That's satanic. You're setting your kids up for failure. We should have had the one rule of the house. Love God. That would have been it. Because if you can love God, then you're going you're gonna to feel the love of God. And, and that love is perfect. So I'm going to just focus on three things tonight. I've just called this the Christmas focus. First off, I want to talk to you about the light of God that was in the person of Christ. How many of you know that you don't see very well in the dark? I don't know how many of you, you know, when you get my age, which is over 40, uh, and that's truth right there. That's true. I am. I'm over 40. That's all you got to do. Actually, I'm going to start telling people I'm 85, and they say, you look really good for your age. That's where I'm headed with this. But... You know, sometimes men have to get up in the night. I don't know if women do or not, but if you don't, it's just not fair. So men, if you have to get up and go to the restroom at night, just nudge your wife or slam the door. Make her suffer with you. But you know, I talk. I, I have night lights all over my house. It's not because I'm afraid of the dark. I'm just afraid of walls and chairs and everything else. Because they just jump out in front of you, like, don't even tell you. But light is critical, and God knew that his son would be the light of the world. Now, I just for a moment want us to think about the Magi, just for a minute. It says, Matthew 2, 9, and 10, it says, After they had heard the king, they were looking for Jesus, they had, they had studied astrology their whole lives and knew that one day this bright star would point them to the person or the baby Jesus. And they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, and it tell, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, have you ever asked a question, just in your own thinking, is what do you think those guys really expected to see? I mean, they had read history, they had read theological history, spiritual history. They had done all the, the research and study. Don't you think if they knew, and they did know this was the special child, the son of God. Don't you think that when they were following this star that they thought it might lead them to a place of royalty, a palace? I wonder if when they're following this and the star is shining down and they see this barn, a stable, could they have been surprised where the light took them? I think they had to be very surprised. Because this was the Son of God. This was the child prophesied about who would change the entire world. I don't think they were expecting this. I don't know how many of you 
thought you would be here tonight. Some of you are here against your will. You're, and thank God for manipulative parents who said, if you go to church with me, I'll get you an extra special gift. I believe that's holy on this day. And you know, part of me wants to just go, put your watches away. We're going to be here until the Lord shows up. I mean, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to get you out of here. But, you know, you never thought that you'd find yourself in this building. And I'm telling you, in this building, you're sitting next to some really messed up people. That's why we named it Mosaic. Just a bunch of fragmented people that are hungry for God, looking to be a part of God's greater picture and God's greater glory. They were looking for the light. Can you imagine the sounds in that stable? Let's take it a step further. The smells. Can you just imagine these guys had spent their whole life thinking, we're going to end up in the castle, in the palace, and, and we're going to be a part of royalty, and, and they're going to roll out the carpet for us, and, and we're going to be known because we were the guys that showed up at the palace with this revelation, and they show up in a stable. Stinky, messy. To me, the stable in that barn, that's a picture of the real church. That's where Jesus showed up that night. And I think still Jesus shows up in those places. I really do. You know, a lot of people would love to, you know, be in these fancy places. I just love, I've just always loved the rawness of God. Maybe it's because that's how I grew up in a redneck neighborhood. Just thinking, how could God love someone like us? And here we are again in War Acres, Oklahoma. Not my plan. I know some people think I'm that smart, but I'm not. When this building opened up to us, it was like that star, following that star. Executive Pastor Rick called me and said, hey, there's this building. And before he said it, though, he said, keep an open mind. And when somebody says that, you know what they're about to say is not favorable. You know, it, it, when somebody says to you with all due respect, they're getting ready to drop a bomb on you. You know what I'm saying? Can I say this with all due respect? They're really just getting ready to blast you. And so when he said, keep an open mind, I, I just paused. I said, I don't think I really want to. But it was like he told me about this building. And, you know, the miracle of this place, it, it's, you need to understand, is that the owner of Incredible Pizza, I've known him for 34 years. I was his kid's youth pastor in Victoria, Texas. And when I got the call to, to consider this, um, I didn't really want to, to be honest with you. I sat down with he and his wife, and, you know, I, he said uh, he really wanted us in here. And when I heard the cost, I said, uh, I don't really think I want to be in here for that price. He said, well, just, just go home and pray. And I said, no, you need to go home and pray. You're the one with the money. You go home and pray. And that's how we left it. He went home and prayed. And he said, I'll give you $6,000 a month to move into my building. I thought, I'm in. That's the goodness of God. See, God put the light. See... You say, well, how do I walk in that light? You know, they have the star. We have the Word. The Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Every time we open the Word of God, it illuminates us. 
to truth and hope and how to live this life victoriously. I love the fact that that baby in the manger didn't come to judge the world, but he came to set it free. Aren't you glad that God didn't send an almighty iron-fisted son and said, go set the world straight, and if they don't follow and obey, you smite them? Now, there are some, some real legalistic people who would love that because they really think they're keeping the law. Have you ever been around somebody who thinks they do nothing wrong? They don't attend here. Uh, we make sure everybody knows they've done something wrong, but thank God, you know, it's like grace. But without the light of God, we would never know the love of God. And on that particular night, the light was shining in that place, leading those men to that place. It's always light, it's always hope, it's always grace, it's always mercy that brings people to God. Paul said to the church at Rome, did you not know it's the kindness of God that leads man to repentance? It's the kindness of God. Now, all of you have relatives you don't want to be with tomorrow. Come on, let's get real. You, you do, we all do. It's like, oh, guys, Bob coming. Gee. Okay, we're leaving early. Okay, we're leaving early. What's, what's our private word? Mistletoe. We're out. We're out. When I say mistletoe, get the kids their games and we're running. We all have somebody that is a dark spot in our life, but God's called us to be the light of the world. That we're to be a light, the light of the world. Unless we know where the light is and who the light is, we'll never be the light. That light still leads us. That light of grace and hope and mercy leads us to the next place. Christmas focus is the place of love. That night, the love of God was seen in Christ in that place. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. It's interesting that when Christ came, came as a silent little baby. Just a, there was silence. Only visually was anyone aware of where he was. The Bible says when Christ returns, now this is, this is the Jesus that I want, the loud one. The Bible says he's coming back with a shout. He's going to let the whole world, nobody's going to miss him this time. Nobody. Nobody's going to miss it because it's going to be obvious that he'll come back with a shout. And most of us spend our whole lives listening for that. And I think Elijah about the time, Elijah was in the cave looking and wondering, where are you, God? I'm the only one left. And he was looking for the shout, but it was that still small voice. The day will come when he will come back loud. But as we look at this holiday, this Christmas... You know, it's a hard time for a lot of people. It's a very difficult time. I have one friend who lost both a baby at birth and he lost his mother just two days ago. He's a pastor friend of mine in Texas. And this morning I just sent a shout out to him and just said, I'm praying for you, but I know him. And I know that he has seen the light. And once you've seen the light and you know the light, you're always drawn to the light. And in these times that are difficult for some who have lost so much, it's an amazing thing to watch and see what God can do. This time last year, I was thinking back on my life, and this time last year, quite frankly, guys, I was done with ministry. 
I had finished. I thought, God, I've, I've served you. I've served you for over 30 years. And I'm done now. How many of you know you can't tell the light and love what to do? This is no lie. This time last year, I was sleeping in a 35-foot RV and driving a borrowed car. I got to tell you, those were not the best of times. And I laid there and I said, Jesus, what is it you have for me? You see, sometimes it's the tough times that draw us to God, not the good times. And I sat there and I just remembered the love of God. I just kept thinking it was his light and love that drew me to him. And if there's anything I could tell you to do tomorrow, it would be these three things. Number one, remember this. Love covers a multitude of sin. You know, there have been people who have wronged you. We've all been wronged. We've all felt like that we didn't deserve what we got. But you know what? Here's what I realized. I deserved to go to hell. Anything above that, that's a good day. That God so loved the world that he sent Jesus so I wouldn't have to. So if you're struggling with people, if you're struggling with something that's happened to you, you're mad at somebody because that's inevitable, that somebody's going to do something stupid by design or by default, it's just going to happen tomorrow. I'm not prophesying doom. I don't have to. You're going to be with people. And people are filled with stupid. <laughs> we just are. And you're going to encounter that. And you know, if there's anything I could tell you, don't look and say how you've been wronged and how somebody did you wrong and always start thinking about what you could do and how you could get them back. Don't do that. Love covers a multitude of sin. If you're taking notes, Proverbs 10, 12. Secondly, love never fails. You know, sometimes you have to love for a long time. Sometimes you have to love for a long time. Love will ultimately never fail. And you know why it won't fail? Because if you keep love in you, you'll keep pure, you'll keep holy, God will keep you free. Because isn't that what we all want to be is free? Some of you right now are bound by hate. Hate toward what somebody did to you years ago. And, and, and I'm not saying that to be mean. We all fight hate. But let me tell you something. Hate will take you down a pathway that you don't want to go. That's how come love is so important. And in that cradle, in that stable, in that stall that night among the stench and the sounds that were not royal, laid the love of God. And for 33 years, Jesus would be misunderstood, misrepresented, but he never lost his love. He never lost his love. We're all going to be wronged at some point and we're all going to do wrong things. But this Christmas, rejoice in the love of God. Then lastly, love keeps no record of wrong. Remember, love covers a multitude of sin. Love never fails. And love keeps no record of wrong. It's just so critical that tomorrow we walk in love. Every day that we walk in love. That we never let something pull us out of love. Somebody starts talking to you about someone else you know how families do they're always trying to build a consensus and get you over on their side I got a plan for you when someone says hey did you know what Bob did you say no I didn't but why don't we call Bob over here so he can tell us
just a thought. You don't have to be mean or even tell. See, that's true love. Let Bob tell you what Bob did. Because it's probably going to sound different than the one they're going to tell you about. You see, all of those things are divisive. Gossip, criticism. Those are gossip. Tomorrow, when you're gathered with family, don't let that happen. Just love people. Cover whatever sin. Keep no record of wrong. Because every one of us has that opportunity to get sour and bitter. And it does no one any good. Then liberty, the liberty of God was in Christ that day. The light of God was in Him so that we would no longer have to walk in darkness. We've been delivered from the dominion of darkness. Transferred into the kingdom of the Son He loves. You never have to walk in darkness anymore. You never have to be depressed anymore. You don't have to live there because of the light of God and the Word of God. I have my chair. When I get up in the mornings, I go sit in it and I read my scripture. And you know why? Because every time you read the Bible, it'll shine light into your soul. Into those dark places of pain and hurt. And it will remind you of the love of God. That that light brought forth the love of God. And then the liberty of God. The Bible says whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. In an interview with Mother Teresa, she was contrasting the lives of the rich and the poor. And she was the saint of Calcutta. And says, speaking of the rich, she said, the hunger for love is much more difficult to remove than the hunger for bread. Everybody wants to be loved. You know, by just loving someone, you can liberate someone. Have you ever just tried loving someone? As a matter of fact, I would challenge you tomorrow. Find the person that you like the least and love them the most. They'll freak them out. You won't have to leave early. They will. And if they go to the other room, follow them. When they sit down, sit down next to them. Love the hell out of them. Welcome to Mosaic Church. Luke 4, 18. Scripture you're all familiar with. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus says, upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptance. Let me say this to you. 2017 is going to be a year of miracles for you. 2017 is going to be a year of jubilee. I believe it's going to be the year that your children come back to God, that depression is gone, health and life are coming back to us. This is the year of liberty, 2017. Do you believe that? You might as well. It's the year that God is going to set the captives free. I'm telling you, darkness is going to disappear as light shines. I'm telling you, 
God will not fail us. And all the promises of God are yes and amen. That's the promise. Jesus said, I've come to liberate the captives. Folks, I'm telling you, I'm claiming that for my life. I'm claiming that for your life. I'm claiming that for this church. You might as well just get up and declare it. On your worst day, you have to talk to yourself. You have to speak to yourself. All you have to do is read the Psalms. You'll see David talk to himself all the time. Now, if you start answering yourself, just make sure the answer is good too. What kind of day is it going to be? It's going to be a great day. What kind of year? It's going to be an awesome year. But I got more bills than I can pay. That's all right. Your daddy's rich. God's going to take care of it. All you have to do is give it to him and obey. Miracles are coming your way. They're coming my way. And you know, people will get, now what makes you think that? The Bible. Bible says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Bible says he'll meet every need I have according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, if I'll obey him, I'll be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. Though my enemies come at me from one direction, the Bible says they'll flee in seven. I'm telling you, if you get around me, there'll be seven different directions. I'm telling you right now, God is not going to let your enemies have dominion over you. But you have to rise up and declare, God is the God of my life. I will not bow my knee to the enemy. And here are the three things I want you to write down. Liberty from sin. You know, let me go back to light for a minute. The reason God sent his light into the world was to show us how to walk. But let me tell you something else. Light was never supposed to expose the sinner. It was supposed to expose the sin. Once the sin is exposed, then the sinner can do something about it. The problem with the religious worlds, they want to expose the sinner instead of the sin. But God sent his son into the world to expose sin so it would no longer have power and authority over our lives. So let me just tell you something. You go to Jesus with your sin. Say, God exposed to me the sin in my life. And he'll shine a light on that and he'll liberate you. He'll set you free. That's how the son of God works. And he sent him to liberate us from sin. You know, everyone in here is going to sin tonight. You're going to sin tomorrow. But whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, I, I wish I'd never sin again, but then I, I drive in Oklahoma City. And I just got to tell you, there are a whole lot of people that shouldn't have a license. And every police officer in here goes, Amen! See, I'm tired of defensive driving schools. I think there ought to be offensive driving schools. Police officers don't learn to drive defensively. I've watched them. They get on tracks and drive offensively. That's the only reason I'd want to be a cop. Y'all get to go fast for no reason. Don't tell me you don't. I used to ride with one. It was fun. <laughs> Liberty and freedom from ourselves. You know what? Most of the time, the devil's not your worst enemy and others are not your worst enemy. You're your worst enemy. Because if you know that Jesus set you free, you know God so loved the world that he gave his son for you. If you know that, why wouldn't you believe that everything's going to be all right? 
But instead, as a man believes in his heart, so is he. So what do you believe about you tonight? You know, it'd be easy for me. I, I mean, my sins made it on five continents. It'd be easy for me to go bury my head in the sand, put a bar in the U.S. Virgin Islands, marry people right there, and rent paddle boards. That's what I thought about doing. I thought, that looks like a pretty good life to me. I'm just going to disappear. And God said, you'll never disappear because I am the light of your life. I am the light of your life. See, sometimes we just think wrong about ourselves. See, I got to live out the fact that whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. I got to do that. And I got to tell you, everybody who comes into this church, I don't care what you come in here looking like, smelling like, acting like, believing like, we're going to love you. We love you. We love people and we're going to love you. I mean, you know, there might be times we look away and shake our head, but we're just shaking our head saying, thank you, Jesus. Jesus wants to set you free, and he's going to. And then lastly, liberty from death, hell, and the grave. You know, some people are afraid of dying. About once a month, I wish I would. Mortgage payment. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun? Well, he went to heaven. The bank goes, who are we going to go after? That's one of the things I learned over the last two and a half years. Live life. Don't fear death. Because when Jesus came in that, in that cradle was a guy who said, you'll never have to worry about death again. You know, the reason a lot of people are afraid right now is because they're going to die. It, you know, the last time I checked, 100 out of 100 people die. 100%. Everybody's going to. And some people don't like to talk about it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> the reason I want you to be free. When you know Jesus and you know you're forgiven, and you know where you're going, there is no fear. There is no fear. So I want us to bow our heads, close our eyes right now. And, you know, I, I want to pray for those of you tonight that you fear death, and the reason you fear death is not because you're a bad person. You just don't know the Son of God. You're as good as anybody in this room. God created you just like He created everybody else, and there's nobody's better than you. I always thought the reason I didn't want to be a Christian was I thought I had to be really good. Don't get me wrong, I want to be good, but I'm a rascal. Always have been. And I thought, man, would God ever love me? Could God ever love me? And then I heard the good news. I didn't hear preaching, I heard good news. God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. If you believe in Him, if you believe in Him, doesn't say if you perform for him, for him, if you're perfect before him. He said, if you believe in him, you'll not perish but have everlasting life. There are those of you that tonight, you were going to go out of here. You're probably thinking about doing something dumb, maybe even killing yourself. It's that holiday season that I'm going to end it. And I want to tell you tonight, you're not going to end it because tonight's a new beginning for you. Tonight's your new beginning. There are those of you thinking about doing crazy things, but let me tell you something. That night, thousands of years ago, that child in that manger gave his life. 33 years after that night, gave his life so that you and I would not have to spend eternity separated from him. So in this place, with heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, there are those of you that know that you need to make a confession tonight, that you need Jesus. July 17, 1977, I was ready to kill myself. I thought about it. I pondered it. 
I wanted to die. And I thought I'm going to give Jesus a chance. And here I am nearly 40 years later. Telling you the same story that I heard. That God is a good God. I want you to expect your miracle tonight. I'm just going to have you stay right where you're at. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Those of you who say, Mark, tonight I just want to acknowledge I need Jesus. I need the light and love and liberty of God. I want to be free. I want to be free from depression. I want to be free from hate and anger. I want to be free from addiction. I want to be free tonight. Would you pray for me? I want to ask you to lift your hand right where you're at right now. Just lift them up. All over here to my left, down here in the center, back here, over here, down here, all over the place. Thank you, so many of you. You can put them down. Now we're going to pray a simple prayer. Some music plays behind me. We're just going to play, pray a simple prayer. And I want all of you to repeat it after me. And those of you watching this on video, I want you to, want you to repeat this after me. Say, Father God, tonight I accept the love of God that you sent in your son Jesus. Tonight I repent of my sin. I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.